What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. Welcome to Who Pods, the dot, Clone Wars. Dot dot dot. Who pours, Who Pods ellipses, the Clone Wars. Uh, some things have changed in our format for you guys tuning in. Who are like, what? I thought we were gonna get some more. Yeah. Talk of uh, Watchmen. Some of our best buddies are doing a double take right now. They might be because you know what happened is last week you uh-huh. and I went to Denver. And we were hanging out there, just us two in a chateau. Yeah. <laughs> um, spa days. Uh, doing our spa days. Yeah. And there was news, which I don't think is necessarily fresh news, but there was news. We literally came down from the mountain snowshoeing. Right. Right. We're, we're getting some sustenance, mm-hmm. some stuff, some food, some beers. Some beers. And we realized something came through. Yeah, I mean, speaking Mike, of which, I have a million beers. Goodness here. gracious! And uh, we discovered or found out that uh, season two of our beloved series is—it's um, in limbo. Basically, yeah. Damon Lindelof has not committed, um, just as he hadn't committed the whole s- season to a second season. And so we don't know if there's going to be one. But basically, he's like, eh, I don't really feel like it. I don't really have any ideas. Basically, it's where it was before. Yeah. But I guess since he said this after the holidays, people are like, it's just never happening. And HBO said, we're not going to do another season without him. Well, nothing ever ends. Right. (laughs) Nothing ever ends, though. Nothing ever ends, Vite. So I guess cast and crew who worked on Watchmen might just also be in a holding pattern or just having to move on. Filing, Filing for unemployment as we speak. But that put us in a bit of a predicament. Yeah, we, we were kind of going back and forth on a few things, deciding what we want to do. Um, you know, I think we kind of settled on this, I would say, two or three days ago. Yes. Was that, was that accurate? Pretty, pretty quickly. We, you, you were, well, we were talking about doing potentially some of the Disney Plus stuff. Yeah. Including The Mandalorian, which already came out in full. And some of the upcoming other Star Wars shows, maybe, maybe High School the, Musical, the musical, the series. You were you were a big proponent. I'll have to do a solo pod on that. But there was the idea of um, tackling Clone Wars because I guess the seventh and final season's upcoming. Right. I've never seen this. Okay. But you definitely have. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting the, how the tables have turned, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert by any means, but I think I've seen far more of the Star Wars universe and watched and rewatched and read and reread. I think a little bit more than you. The apprentice has become the master. Goodness gracious! <laughs> that just goes to show that I have not become the master. <laughs> I mean, you can the still apprentice. do voices like that. Uh, you mean the Padawan? The Padawan. The youngling. The <laughs> so we decided on the Clone Wars, and we just want to say that to to our to our audience, our friends that love Watchmen, so do we. We This is by no means an abandonment of that show and of podcasts about that. It's just this is kind of a creature of circumstance. I know you talked about it on Patreon with some people, um, and we still hope to revisit some, maybe do some still some character profiles and stuff like that on Watchmen, look at ancillary materials. Um, but this is just kind of how it had to go because February 21st is the premiere of Season 7. So if we're going to do... Kind of what we did with Watchmen, where we're going to go every season. You know, with Watchmen, it was every episode or every issue of the comic. Right. 
Um, we just kind of have to get started now. Right. Right. So, so building up to the end of February, we're, we're going to try and um, do a little bit of a quicker pace. Yeah. But we, uh, we are going to do breakdowns of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Likely and season by season, right? Season by season. Okay. But to kick things off, apparently there was a movie that started this. And, and not only was there a movie, but then episodes came out, out afterwards that were actually prequels to the movie, mm-hmm. is my understanding. Right. And so so there is a chronological order in which we are able to watch this, and that is the system that we're following. And we'll get to that, but generally speaking, it will follow how the episodes came out. But there are a few bumps in the road, and I would, you know, rather than us put it on um, what social media outlets do we have, do we utilize? Rather than us put it on the interwebs... I would just do a quick Google search of how to watch the Clone Wars so that you can follow along with us. At first, I was I was a little skeptical, like, oh, should we be doing that instead of like how they come out because that's how probably people are going to watch it. Yeah. But then you you pointed out that the article is off of StarWars.com. Yeah. It's like they say themselves, like this is actually the chronological order in which one could watch it if they want to have a little bit more of a seamless experience. Yeah, it's going to be on Wikipedia. It's going to be on StarWars.com and everywhere, IGN, everywhere else. This is kind of generally how people watch it. Um, There are a few other ways to, and just, you know, watch it the way you want, right? Like a lot of times if you're too lazy to click next and you just wait the 20 seconds for it to say next episode streaming in, Mm. just do it. Just sit there like some slack-jawed idiot and enjoy it how it happens. But this is the way we're going to do it. It's pretty similar, um, but we're just letting you know that when you do see on the screen – you know, we start with 216 and then 116. You might be thinking, what's going on? Right. We have a, there's a method behind the madness. And once again, we are now Who Pods, no, no longer Who Pods the Watchmen. Uh, that isn't to say that we won't return to talking about Watchmen. We are still planning to do some character breakdowns. We got a request from one of our patrons that oh, cool. we actually do a little bit more of a critical analysis of the music itself. Oh, wow. I, I did a breakdown of the. Um, the, the actual records and like the labeling, the packaging, the ancillary material there. Yeah. But someone was requesting, can you actually talk about the music in each of the albums? I thought that would actually be pretty fun. Yeah, that'd be great. I also think I said actually three times in that one sentence. Actually, maybe you did. I, <laughs> um, that's a problem. Yeah, no, we're definitely not going to abandon uh, Watchmen. We're still going to do it. This is just kind of how it has to go. I would say probably, you know, on a good month, maybe two things of Watchmen, you know, um, Average, I'd say maybe once, once a month. So definitely right. don't don't delete us from your playlist or whatever. No, just just be on the alert for other things that we are going to be discussing, such as Clone Wars. Yeah. So tell me what you do. I mean, I can kind of introduce it just procedurally. What well, it is? Well, it, real quick, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Holy smokes! I know. I thought we were with old friends. We got <laughs> we got ahead of ourselves. Uh, yeah. I'm Grant. I'm Clay. And that's it, I guess. Huh? Yeah, now we're Hoopods Ellipses. Yeah, Hoopods Ellipses. Um, we're just a couple of guys. If anybody's joining us for the first time that's inter- interested in Star Wars, as you can tell from the last five, ten minutes, we did about, I mean, how long do you think that, that was maybe four or five months of doing Watchmen-related material. Right. Um, so if you are interested in Star Wars and also interested in Watchmen, um, I would um, request, advise, you know, to go back and check that out, we did each issue of the comic book, and then we went to the HBO show of, uh, after that, of course. And um, there's a lot of good material there. So Our, our mom said it was good. Uh, your mom said it was good. My mother loved it. My mom said, it needs a little work. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Tiger mom. <laughs> um, all right, so you were going to 
I guess, ask about or catch us up on what our mutual familiarity is with the Star Wars universe? Well, really, just really quickly, yeah, I think we'll do that. But just if people are thinking about the Clone Wars, whether they want to watch it, what it is, um, it's a six, soon to be seven season animated series that basically takes place between episodes two and three. And I know people are already, after hearing me say that, they are trying to type some nasty comment. And with the Star Wars universe, it's so huge. Ugh, can it even be any good? Yeah, exactly. Right. But, well, even me saying, you know, in between two and three, because as we know from the latest preview um, last week, that that uh, season seven will actually go kind of through parallel with season three, which is going to be pretty sweet. I'm sorry, not season three, episode three, uh, Revenge of the Sith. So... That's going to happen February 20, 21st. Um, Clone Wars also includes the full-length movie, which we'll discuss today, which was from 2008. That kind of kick-started the whole project. Of course, there's more to it, including the 2003 animated series, which I think you know more about than me, actually, which is kind of the Samurai Jack flavor to it, no? Right. This is uh, uh, Gendy uh, Tartakovsky, I want to say, Yeah. Uh, who did Samurai Jack. I've seen a little bit of that, and I just remember it being super cool. And that's what I thought you were talking about at first, and I was like, oh, wait. There's this other version here. With the animation style you don't like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) We can discuss that as well. Yeah, yeah. So really that's kind of what we're looking at. Starts in about 2008 with the movie, and I think goes to about 2014. I could be wrong on that, but that's the six six episodes. I'm sorry, six seasons. Probably do that a lot. Um, And... I kind of want, before we go into that, that's kind of the procedure behind it rather than the substance, but I want to ask you, what's your connection to both Star Wars just in general and then more of the ancillary material like the books, the cartoons like this, you know, outside of the nine movies, the right. nine main movies? I mean, I've seen the movies, except for the very final one. I have not seen episode nine yet. Christ on I a feel like... You've uh, seen Solo, but you haven't seen episode nine. Man, Solo was on Netflix. It was easier yeah. to get there than to the theater. Yeah. Um, I think that... I've found it's diminishing returns, I guess, um, with each successive movie. Uh, I mean, the prequels were the prequels were pretty problematic. So to build a series within the gutter between episode two and episode three, I think is already a pretty big ask (laughs) because it's like, oh, I have to delve back into that world, Eh. but. I've heard good things from a lot of people, so I was interested in checking this out. You're enthusiastic about it, which is high praise. So I, you also have high praise for High School Musical, the TV series. Mm-hmm. Mixed bag, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really watched um, – I, I mean, I watched a few of those Gendy things, um, the yeah. little animation ones. Those were like five minutes each. Growing up, were you a, were you a big Star Wars guy? No, I didn't okay. really play with the toys or okay. collect any memorabilia. Um, I did yeah. just recently for Halloween Darth uh, dress as um, yeah. Garth Maul, Garth from uh, Wayne's World Mall. Yeah, I, I was trick-or-treating with you on that one. Yep. That was pretty good. I dressed up. We went to Chipotle. You didn't. <laughs> I did not dress up, but we did go to Chipotle after that right. with you in costume. Um, and you were actually the only one. Your daughters were not dressed up. Your wife wasn't dressed up. Just you. It's not true. It actually, it, well, the weirdest thing was, it wasn't even Halloween. It was, it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know what's really sad? I had that red and black makeup on, and yeah. when oh, I yeah. finally got around to washing it off, it gave me such a bad rash all over my face because 
That was not appropriate makeup, I guess, for my face. Did you one star it on Amazon? It was uh, no bueno. It it hurt. So let me take a drink out of this giant wine glass. Why is it so big? Yeah, you know, we went to buy wine glasses because we broke all of them. It's a novelty And these were glass. the only ones that were available. I think it's for a certain type of wine. Uh, if anybody knows anything about these glasses, I apologize. I, I don't, I don't mean a, to be ostentatious. I think it's called a Tammy Taylor wine glass. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> Just gigantic for Friday Night Lights. So for me, looking at Star Wars in general and then some of the more ancillary stuff, but still canonical, um, you know, I was born in 83. You were 82, right? Kind of yeah. tail end. Yeah, you're so a baby. We, we really missed, yeah, right? I'm your baby. Oh. So we missed the uh, golden years, kind of the original trilogy. Um, I was born in July of 83, so I actually missed Return of the Jedi by just a few months because that was a May release date. So maybe I actually saw it in utero in the same in the same uh, theater that maybe you saw it as a seven-month-old? Is that possible? <laughs> no, I mean, I remember, I think my grandma would collect VHSs of a whole bunch of movies. Yeah. And when we'd go visit my grandparents, we'd watch Star Wars a lot. Yeah, of course. So The originals? I, yeah, the, okay. the first three. I remember seeing them over and over and over. And then I was really excited when they did the re-release, only to realize there was... Leading, some, up, leading up to the prequels. Yeah, there were some bad mistakes in those remastered versions, I thought. Some right. Wacky stuff. Right. Which should have been a little bit of a tell when they came out with Phantom Menace and all those. So you weren't just totally in love with Qui-Gon seeing those burning, smoldering eyes, that sex appeal. You have a big thing for Qui-Gon. I do. No, so, you know, growing up, Star Wars was kind of there, but it was never like we weren't a Star Trek. Well, excuse me, a Star Wars family. In right. fact, we were the opposite. Like, you know, busy parents, both working and stuff like that. Had a sister um, who was awful and still is awful. Just kidding. You have two sisters. Well, I'm like, which one? Was yeah, awful? But, but one's you know ten years, ten years younger. So for a while there was just two of us. So I still have really great memories of once a week when it was National Geographic Night and Star Trek: The Next Generation Night. It was, it was like kind of wham, bam, you know, one right after the other. My dad and I would go into the room and watch those, and that was always a lot of fun, just like me and my dad doing that together. Right. So I know a ton more about Picard and just kind of TNG than I ever did about Star Wars. You know I'm on a Picard podcast. Right, now you Picard are. Picard and the so Star Trek wild. one. Yeah. And I know nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you don't remember Picard playing his little piccolo or anything like that? No. Holy smokes. That sounds like I, Ron, Burgundy, Ron Burgundy did that. I yeah, think. yeah. It kind of had similar results. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, watched the prequels when they came out, as we all did, but had a little bit of midichlorian disappointment, mm. as we all did. Fair. Qui-Gon was the only thing that saved it, plus the N64 pod, pod racing game, which was Boss. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? No. You weren't an N64 I feel like kid? it was just like GoldenEye and nothing else. Oh, shoot. No, it was also pod, it was also pod racing. Yeah. Um, so had seen the original movies a few times each, just kind of like visiting grandparents, aunts and uncles. They were always on VHS. Saw the prequels when they came out. But honestly, it wasn't until I was in the Peace Corps that I really got into Star Wars more. This is kind of like mid-20s. Yeah. And the reason for this is that, you know, when you don't have electricity, you don't have running water. Where were you? I was in a little country called Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso. West Africa. And so you don't have any of those things. You spend about 90% of your time in your village, right, mm. by yourself. You spend about, at least for me, about 80% of the time visiting other people in other villages, right? And 2% of the time, these beautiful moments in life, you're in the capital city ostensibly for exhibitions, meetings, 
you know, medical check-ins, but really it's just to get completely shit-faced with the other volunteers. Right. Right? To get completely fucked up on shitty West African beer, okay? So while you're there also, you're starting to think about, you know, the last couple days are coming up on your trip back to, you know, about to, before you go back to village, you think, I got to take a shit ton of books back so I'm not bored, right? So I have something to read because when you don't have TV and electricity, books are all you got, right? Yeah. So the first stop is always the embassy. You kind of take stuff from the embassy library. You can take a ton of books and then bring them back. And if you run out of embassy books, there's these little things. I don't know if you've heard about them, but Christianity sends out missionaries. Yeah. And for better or worse, they're in Africa. Maybe underline, bold, worse. But they're in (laughs) Africa. I'm I'm just kidding. And they happen for some reason to have a bunch of shitty paperbacks. Like Star Wars books. Like Star Wars books. And so I would take a ton of Star Wars books back just because it was the only thing I had. Literally, I mean, backpacks full of books. Not all Star Wars books, but a lot of them were Star Wars. And so then that was the first time I realized, whoa, there's a whole universe out there. There's a whole galaxy far, far away out there for me to get into. And now, I don't know if you know, you know, once Disney acquired um, Lucas, they kind of made a lot of things legends instead of the, instead of the canon because they want to control the story. Mm. So a lot of what I read before was you could consider canon, and now it's just legends, right? Interesting. The good thing about this is that Disney has um, designated the Clone Wars as one of the immovables. So it is not only canonical, but you can't move it. Like, it will never not be, well, I mean, you know. We can't say forever. Forever doesn't exist, right? That's unfortunately. But this is but but this is real. And what's even better about it is that the Clone Wars actually references a lot of things that are now legends. And so, because it incorporates those, those are now legends in a way. Or I'm sorry, canonical as well. Right. Because we'll get into it. I, well, I had some questions about some we'll certain get into aspects. It. So of this. for me, that's kind of my thing. So it's funny that you know I actually got into Star Wars more with the ancillary materials. So then when I got back. Kind of, you know, I got back from the Peace Corps in 2009. Clone Mm. Wars was already out. I had missed the first couple uh, seasons in the movie. Getting into it like 2009, 2010, I loved it because I thought, this is what I like. You know, some of the movies, even though they're awful, you have such so many planets and so many people to explore and things you don't see. You just see the tip of the iceberg in the movie, and it's so much fun to get into it. So um, I love the Clone Wars from from the get-go. I'm so excited we're doing this, and uh, that's it. You know, so right now I'll just let let people know. I don't consider myself an expert by any means. I know you don't either. I've watched all the movies multiple times. I've seen Clone Wars two or three times. I've seen Rebels. I've watched some books. But there's a lot I haven't seen. Like, I, I still haven't seen Rebellion. I would I would consider you a pretty hardcore enthusiast then. Yeah. I mean, reading reading the books and doing the deep dives into the larger mythology of the world, yeah. Reading, that... reading the books when you... Are trying to avoid malaria and don't have electricity. <laughs> you got malaria twice, I think, right? Once. I got malaria once. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You get it twice? Once you have it, it's always in you. Oh. Yeah. Just a malaria carrier. I am. Mm. Use protection, folks. Yeah. Prophylaxis. Um, All right. So well, let, me, let me ask you this. Why did we choose the Clone Wars um, kind of as our next project? Like we talked about, we had a oh, ton of right. stuff. We're in Denver. We're talking about stuff. Well, <laughs> I, think, I think I really wanted to do Mandalorian for a bit. Yeah. But the problem is I feel in a way we've already missed a little bit of the the uh, conversational zeitgeist for that. Like the episodes have come out. People have already finished talking about it. We would be so behind the gun on that that it didn't matter. We have plenty of time to come back to that. Yeah. But when I saw that how excited you guys were about the upcoming seventh season of Clone Wars. Who's you I, guys? 
you and uh, our buddy Phil and, and Sabash, um, yeah. you guys were all talking about this. And I was like, oh, well, I would like to maybe check that out. And then I was thinking, like, you are actually really big into Star Wars Clone Wars. You would be a, a better um, – th- this might make for a good discussion with me being new and checking it out, with you being already seasoned, having good experience with it, um, having the larger breadth of knowledge of it that we could have this discussion of Clone Wars. I think it fits within our overall mantra of what Who Pods was aiming to be and that we are enthusiasts, enthusiasts, we're geeky enthusiasts about a very genre-heavy project. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like it kind of makes sense. Like, let's go ahead and tackle Clone Wars. Yeah. I think first, though, you know, before I respond, on a preliminary note, I think you misunderstood my question when I said something like, what do you mean, you guys? Because we're, oh. we're in Tejas. Y'all. Yeah. You meant I should say y'all. Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about, you guys? You know, you y'all. know I'm like a, a little bit of like a faker. Are you? you know, I, mean, do you, I mean, you're a true Texan, though. No, well, I was born in Kansas. Well, no, I know, but how many how many years have you been in Tejas? I've been here since ninety seven. I've been in Austin since oh one. Come on, someone asked me like, "Oh, when did you get to Austin?" I was like, "Oh one." Like, I think you can call yourself an Austinite. Like, Earn can this? I? Can I? Nineteen years is that enough? Earn this, David Trevor Ryan. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I completely agree with you. I think when we're looking for a new show. I like to do, or I say I like to, I've only ever done one thing, and it's with you, right? But in my, in ideally, I would do something that's more niche than kind of mainstream. Mm. I mean, I don't want to do The Bachelor, right? <laughs> you like, kind of do. But... You know, I kind of do. <laughs> no, I actually don't. You want to do the great British cook-off or whatever. Bake-off, mate. Well, that's the English way. You know, of course, American, we say baking show. Bake-off, mate. Is it Australian? Um, yeah, no, I'm not really good at that. Um but I think that the Clone Wars is great and Watchmen was great because there's so much material and there's a lot of fodder for discussion. Right. Right. And then of course Lindelof gets involved, which I don't mean to get you guys too excited. He's not getting involved in Clone Wars. But it was so fun because that that introduces new layers, right? Let's tone down the nips there. You said the Lindelof. I know. Name. I know. Get that vest going. I like um, that guy. Uh, yeah. Big fan. Um you know, personally, I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars, and also I love the non-binge release model. Mm. I like kind of this slow drip rather than, you know, we watch it all at once and then we feel shame for not doing anything with our lives. Yeah. Although we still feel that shame, but at least it's not because of the show. I, I think the slow drip is important. I yeah. think we've lost sight of how important and valuable that is, and binge was cool. Yeah. And now I'm really frustrated with it because – the discussion with other people is gone like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're already, as humans, such locusts about everything. We just gobble up. We consume, consume, consume. And there's not enough time for basking and reflecting and discussing, which we want to do here. So we're slowing down a little. Although, with Clone Wars, we're going to do it in batch installments. That's just the way it one, goes. Yeah. Because um, we're doing a little bit of a catch-up session here. Yeah. So – let me ask you this. This is kind of interesting. What was the first? Because I think you know when we start streaming Netflix and stuff a few years ago, once they released the binge model, there was that first instance of, oh shit, I can sit here all weekend and do this. I don't remember the first. It's like, what was your first pubic hair? Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Why would? When did That's you? Be, so weird. When did you become a man? Um, I one of the one of the first ones that like is so distinct remember. to me is is Stranger Things. 
Yeah, and Stranger yeah, yeah. Things coming out, and like you can binge that. Yeah. But Stranger Things is one of those that, man, I wish. I think that show would be even better if you could talk on a week-to-week basis yeah. and dissect everything before the next episode comes out. That's, Absolutely. That's where that show should live. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll maybe ever move to that? Do you think Netflix will start moving more towards that? I, I'm hoping Netflix is kind of seeing the value of what like Disney Plus is doing in releasing everything one one episode a week. I mean, they. I mean, I know you. Hulu you, has kind of done like a half and half model, where where they'll ep- release like four episodes, and then okay. they'll do week to week with all the remaining ones, so they give you a good big front load surge. Taste. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, okay. your, your first two hits of heroin free. Oh, really? <laughs> Reminds me of that time we were in Morocco. Um, opium. That was yeah, yeah. That was opium. You're right. Yeah. There's nothing synthetic about that. Um, so really quickly here, we did not do opium. <laughs> Clarification. No. No. We didn't. I didn't. Oh, you didn't. No. Oh, okay. We'll talk about I this. Was pretty close. We'll talk about this after air. All right. Holy smokes. Really quickly here, this is time for a warning of a different sort. A. Are we getting into it? You're about to say the warning, Clay, don't say that I did opium on air. Another kind of warning that's equally important is spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. We're obviously talking about Clone Wars, but I think pretty much everything is on the table. It's impossible to talk about Clone Wars without talking about the wider galaxy. So we'll be touching on all the films, all the material, whether it's canonical or legends. And... Once again, we are going to be talking about episode 216, which is episode or season two, episode 16. Then we're going to talk about 116, season one, episode 16. And then we're going to talk about the movie because that is chronologically the uh, sequence of events that happens that kicks off the Clone Wars. Well, I mean, season two, or I'm sorry, episode two, Attack of the Clones, kicked it off, but you're right, for this project. For our project. Exactly. We're going to be talking about those three. I'm being a um, pedant. We we do recommend that you watch it in the way that I'm going to be watching it, chronologically. Um, All right, you ready to get into it? Well, I do, first of all, want to go kind of go back, if we can, uh, 12 years ago. We're never going to talk about this. (laughs) Well, this is our introduction to the whole project, so there's going to be some build-up, friend. All right. My goodness, you don't start building a house that laying the foundation. Or do you? How do you build homes? This is a lot of foreplay. Real quick, reviews. Let's go back to 2008 when the movie comes out. Okay. Okay. What's your Rotten Tomatoes take? We have both the kind of Metacritic kind of like- This is for episode two. This is for not episode two, Attack of the Clones. This is for- For this. The Clone Wars, the movie, the theatrical release in 2008. Really quickly, we have the kind of Metacritic, you know, Rotten Tomatoes score, and then we have the audience score. Okay. Give me your two numbers. I would say audience score got about like an 86. Okay. Um, for the critic, critic score, I would give it a 73. Okay. You're an optimist, friend. I've always loved that about you. you saw Too be- high for you, both you of them. You saw beauty in me before it was ever evident. Okay. It's still not. Uh, critic rating, 18%. 18 for this. Audience rating, 39%. People hated it. People hated it. They hated going to the movie. They hated buying their big gulp and Coke and pickle. In Texas, we eat pickles at the movies. This wasn't released to a theater, was it? Yeah, theatrical release. And then two months later, it was it was released on TV. Oh, shit. See, if I watched this, if I went to a theater and watched this, I would probably give it a much lower rating. But how low? Would you go, would you go 18 and 40? 18 and 39? I don't know. So, I, I thought, okay, it's on TV. It's it's fairly easy and, and digestible in a way that I can like dismiss it. But I did 
I did have a fairly negative takeaway from yeah, this. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. So here's here's what Ebert said. Maybe Ebert agrees with you. Okay. You, know, you know old Raj. Yeah. Uncle Raj. Uncle Raj. Has it come to this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What he said and I'm about... not going to do the whole thing. I'm just, I have a few paragraphs here. Okay. Has the magical impact of George Lucas' original version of Star Wars been reduced <laughs> to the level of Saturday morning cartoons? Star Wars The Clone Wars is basically just a 98-minute trailer for the launch of a new series on the Cartoon Network. Okay? He does talk about the fact that the John Williams score is there, which, I mean, I think the music was pretty bomb in the movie. Okay? But here's, here's, here's one of the best things. Ahsoka Tano, by the way, is annoying. She bats her grapefruit-sized eyes at Anakin and offers suggestions that invariably prove her right and her teacher wrong. Kind of a trope, you know? Right. At least when we first met Yoda, he was offering useful advice. Was he? Yoda? Was useful? What was useful? Yoda was. Which reminds me, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> Did but you use Yoda that sentence? I'm I like... tried to, but it was just because I've had too much wine. <laughs> Which reminds me, I'm probably wrong, but I don't think anyone in the movie ever ever references the Force, or ever refers to the Force. At least they're not talking about metachlorians, for crying out loud. Uh, this, I mean, this was obviously released before, like some other uh, projects, like. Um... What was a, a Rogue One? Like, oh, no shit. Yeah. Where, yeah. like, you know, Star Wars can exist in a world without just the Force. And or Mandalorian. And there's like, a different... And that's there's, an even better example. And there's a different... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. But here's here's his parting word. Okay. Well, here's the parting word that I, that I took from this. He goes, you know you're in trouble when the most interesting new character is Jabba the Hutt's uncle. Uh, Boom. Boy, was it. He put him on blast. Boy, was that an interesting character. <laughs> um, that The uncle is worthy of discussion within the context of Star Wars, I think. And gender fluidity. Right. Yeah. Because it's a little out of left field, and I'm like, whoa, all right. The thing is, though, choice. once choice. you have speeders and intergalactic flight and warp speed, you should probably not even bat an eye at that. You, but you we still do. But there, there is something about Star Wars that's also a little bit traditional and conservative, isn't it? Absolutely. Which, Absolutely. I mean, we, we have a religious sect that's controlling the, the, the universe um, with very backwards thinking. And By religious sect, you mean the Jedi. The, the Jedi, the Jedi yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know if they're necessarily controlling the universe. I mean, they're supposed to be peacekeepers. Unfortunately, in the Clone Wars, as we'll see, they've been turned into generals. Um They've been militarized, which is like sort of like a crusade kind of thing. Very interesting. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So that was kind of the takeaway there, and I think it's interesting. I just want to say that from such low places, this has really kind of gained a place in people's hearts. You know, the movie people did not love, but somehow the TV show made it work. And I wonder it's it's going to be interesting seeing you do that for the first time. I do find that a little bit validating of my own impression of the movie. And to an extent, the two episodes I had to watch before this. Wow. And when I say had to, it felt more like homework than enjoyable because it is a world in which there are certain elements that, I, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't feel like an easy transition into this world. Okay. To start with 
episode 216, yeah. then work back to 116 before going to a movie, which the movie at least felt more familiar with coming off the heels of... Um, but chronologically, it made sense to you, right? After the fact. Okay. After the fact, it made sense when I got the references in the movie to 216 and 116. I'm like, okay, I get that those are chronological, but it was a little bit confusing beforehand. I'm like, really? I don't know okay. where, where I am within this framework of this war. Yeah, that's fair. And I think for here, you know, we were, we're not necessarily going to do as much of a deep dive or kind of instant takeaway um, as we did in The Watchmen. This is more just to set the scene. I want to talk about plot summary. I want to talk about what we're looking forward to, important characters, favorite characters, and kind of thoughts moving forward, um, and definitely kind of our takeaways if we like even the source material. Um, I mean, does that sound good with you? Yeah. Well, how um, how are you thinking we should break this down then? Do we talk about the individual episodes? Like, do you I don't want- think so. I think maybe you want well, to talk about trench the tarantula dude, and then uh, talk about. Um... So I I can do the plot summary that I stole from Wikipedia and IGN. Okay, and then we can kind of talk about those. Let's do it. Okay, so two sixteen. Here we go, guys. Here we go, y'all. A highly seasoned, and I, I mean, also before I get into this, I was about to read the word separatist. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about how we got to the separatist point, how we have, how we got to. The Republic turning into the Empire, yada, yada, yada. Right. Go um, ahead and read the synopsis and the synopses, yeah. and then yeah. let's get into that. Great. 216. A highly seasoned separatist <clears throat> strategist stands between the Republic fleet and beleaguered Republic forces on Christofskis. Christopher Christofferson. <laughs> Is that, it's his own planet. Christofskis. Oh, man. I haven't seen that guy since the Blade series. Yeah. It's kind of like you you know, you know, have virgin music, and then, and then you buy an island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anakin finds himself in command of an advanced prototype stealth ship with orders to ferry supplies to the weary troops on the planet below. Will he obey orders? It's Anakin, so, you know, probably not. That dude is a bitch. Is he? I'd say he's pure boss. Will he obey orders or use the stealth ship to launch a sneak attack on the Separatist blockade? Can you uh, pass me a brewski? Which one do you want? you want a little Primus? Couldn't care less. I don't. Yeah, I guess I'll take Primus. So that so that's two sixteen. Now I want to hear your instant takeaway on that. Kind of you really for the first time watching the show. I mean, for me, this is like my fourth time seeing this. Okay, right. So I I do think that um, this episode it got a little bit boring. It's only a thirty minute episode. Twenty two. Twenty two minutes. Twenty two. It's it's less than. And for me, the the plot is obviously that. Anakin's supposed to take uh, a little new cloaking device technology that they have, which seems super valuable that they have, and use use it for a simple um, mercy run or whatever they called yeah. it to drop supplies on – is it Coruscant? Or, I don't know what the pl- planet was, but it's where ba- Bail Organa Christophsis. Okay. So he wants, um, he wants to uh, fly a cloaking device ship. Mm-hmm. Which, holy shit, if you have that technology, pr- propagate that to all of all of your ships, right? And why did that ship have to look like anal beads? <laughs> why did that look like a string of anal beads? I mean, was I, am I the only one to think that? It does look like an, it looked like an arrow. It looked very much like an arrow. That goes straight into your anus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he was supposed to, um, he was supposed to take this and secretly fly by, uh, and they give this to the most hot-headed, um, want to fight everything Pilot. Who? Obi-Wan should have known better than yeah. to give it to Anakin. 
it doesn't make sense to give it to Anakin because Anakin is a person who just wants to be. Uh, he's a soldier to the core. He's he's not a. It, well, he's not a soldier to the core in that he wants to follow orders. He just wants to fight. He's a warrior. He's offensive. He's on the offensive. Right. And, you know, but we learned in the movie that they had trouble getting additional forces there, and Obi-Wan and Anakin, Anakin were pretty much as good as it gets, right? Right. They couldn't even talk to Yoda. So, so anyway, go ahead. So they, they needed supplies, and it is revealed that this tarantula-looking alien named Trench is this, like, master strategist. Whatever. He's been there before. He's a master strategist until he dies within 15 minutes of them revealing that. So eh, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I would would have preferred to see a little bit more evidence that this guy was. Can I tell you something right now? Such a scary badass. The guy that invented the Segway rode his Segway off a cliff. <laughs> I don't know if that's anachronistic or real, but that's the story that's told. So I just mean to say, even a genius can have a bad day. Well, I think building hype for someone um, mm-hmm. to make them menacing, only to have Anakin kill them right away. This is my introduction to this show. Yeah. And Anakin reveals that they have cloaking technology to the enemy, which seems reckless. He takes out one ship at the expense of all the rest of the armada is still there and still a threat. He just takes out one bad guy. Before piecing back to the planet and they're still under attack, it didn't really feel smart. It didn't feel like good strategy. And yet the main rest of the main characters are patting him on the back being like, oh, Anakin, that was awesome. While, whereas I was watching it and going, that wasn't. You were supposed to just secretly stealthy take your shit there and do that. Now you revealed that you have this technology that shouldn't have even been used for that mission. Interesting. It's almost like you're like Obi-Wan wondering if the prophecy actually foretold that he's the chosen one. Huh. That's a whole other discussion we should have about what the chosen one is because you and I were talking off mic earlier about – When you say off mic, you mean yesterday at lunch. Yeah, yesterday at lunch. Um, (laughs) About the idea of what the chosen one is and whether or not it is Anakin or if it's his son, Luke Skywalker. That's a different discussion. Because – that's a different discussion. That's a different discussion. Yeah. I'll leave it right there. Um, that could go a long time. I just feel like, I don't know. So, so I, 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 I thought guess it was all... a lot of pomp and circumstance for um, an underwhelming kind of uh, plot development where he gets an upper hand. It felt it felt episodic in a way that was a little bit limp. Okay. So, so you, I mean, base, baseline, you did not enjoy the episode. No, I kind of tuned out at parts because it was wow. just kind of like, Oh, more space battle, and I, I feel like they do a lot of filler with with uh, filling time with just like weapons firing back and forth. Yeah, you, you've got a long road to hoe because I, I really love that. Really, it's and you you've just got, the, you've got six seasons of that. The wide shots of us, zoop 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 zoop. I'm evading, zoop zoop zoop, and yeah. like, all right, get to get to the meat of a story. For me, I really love seeing the battle. I love seeing the strategy. I love seeing. The, I mean, we'll talk about the clones. They, I mean, that's what makes the Clone Wars, right? Um, I love seeing what makes these people such formidable opponents. And I know you said, oh, within 15 minutes of everybody saying this this guy's great, he was killed. But still, we actually get to see people behind the scenes. You know, episodes one, two, three was not awful. But saying that three was the best of the bunch isn't saying much. It's right. like the one apple in the barrel that's not rotten, right? And right. that's just because that last fight scene – 
which was badass and it wasn't so... rotten, but it was flavorless. <laughs> oh yeah, th- well, <laughs> except for that, that last end fight with a scene was just so beautiful. Um, yeah, that's one of the best fight scenes, not only in Star Wars but of all time. Yeah, but describe the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know, I thought that this was enjoyable. I mean, let me ask you this: what What about the? Did you like the animation style? God, you're going to make me be super bitchy about it? No, 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 no. I mean, I want to. No, I mean, I don't know. There's something about um, stiff and awkward about the animation style as well, I think. Like when I see the characters walking next to each other, they all feel really wooden and their movements seem like really like um, just robotic. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like anyone has that bounce and spring that that feels appropriate. Um, I do like. The heavy clay, um, clay-like sculpting, yeah, of of certain elements like the beard. Um, you like that? And I I do, but I wish that the beard, the like... animation itself, felt a little bit more fluid. Okay. There's certain fight sequences that I think are executed amazingly. Okay. And I'll watch those with like the lightsabers and like how and they're I, I do want to talk and, about that and yeah. like kicking people down. I'm like, the the choreography that goes into how they're showing, um. The Jedi flipping around and taking out uh, people, I think, is is clean and um, understandable for the viewer, and I think it's pretty well done. Yeah, but there's like these just kind of interstitial animation sequences that sometimes just feel really low bar executed. This like uh, just get it done kind yeah. of thing, and I'm like, what is this? Why for do they sure. feel so weird? It feels like these cartoons I watched. In the early '90s, when they were first like, like, like Transformers, Beastmasters or something, where they're figuring out uh, Beast Wars, was that what it was? Yeah. Where they're figuring out this kind of 3D animation, but they didn't know how to properly animate like how people move. Roger Ebert, has it come to this? <laughs> has it come to this? Um, no, I, I think you know people have obviously talked about that a lot. I I agree with you. Um, well, I disagree because I actually don't mind it, but I see your point. I do think you made an interesting point there um, about the use of the Force and the Jedi. I think, obviously, in animation, it's so much easier to do things than it would be in live action. Yeah. And one of the things I've loved about the Clone Wars and reading the books, and then you're just using your imagination, of course, is that the Force and kind of the the karate, right, is just so much more fluid than it generally is in uh, in a lot of the movies. I think they got better about that. I mean, well, I wouldn't say they got better about it because... Episode six, Return of the Jedi, actually had some pretty sweet battle scenes, but I just think it works. Like I think a lot of the fights work, you know. And you're right that you can kind of zone out a lot, but when you just when even when you see them flipping the saber back and forth and just taking out droids and stuff, just deflecting, it looks sweet. It's super fluid. Ground battles I found are a lot more interesting than space battles in this show. Yeah, but um. Man, something that really cracked me up is the first introduction of Anakin in episode 216, the first one with uh, the tarantula. Right. This, this is the second season in. You can call him Trench. Trench. Yeah. The the second season in, and do we see any of Trench elsewhere? I guess we don't because this is technically the very first episode chronologically. So I'm thinking we've never seen that guy elsewhere. Yeah. The Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um. When we first see Anakin come in, the line delivery from the actor playing him, along with the animation that which seems so wooden and stiff, all of it made me go, 
man, I wish we had Hayden Christensen back. And that is like one of the worst things I could think to possibly say. Hey, I I mean, was he bad or were the lines that he had to deliver bad? And was the green screen bad? The lines. I that, think there's something. Well, was... green screen and animation. No, I mean, but the lines that they gave in, I mean, this, Hayden in was 216. All... Hey, Hayden's were not bad. bad. Hayden's not bad. Uh, he was. He wasn't dealt the best lines. It's true. You and McGregor seemed bad with I mean, the lines. So, and so, having to act next to Jar Jar. Somebody told so. you to say something romantic to your wife, and you had to say, "I've thought about you every day since I was nine years old." Are you, you an angel? Are you an angel? <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be able to make it work anyway. She would not have married you. She, you're a you're a better writer than Lucas at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I think you know, for me, and you're and you're right about the ground battles. Just kind of trying to talk about the positives in this. That's one of the things I love about the Clone Wars is you get to see the minutia, kind of the granular detail of fighting these ground battles that we'll talk about, obviously, in the movie and seeing, OK, people are using deflectors now. How do we get in there? Yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, the, the idea of of barricades hiding behind the moon, it's just kind of fun. It's this cat and mouse game that we don't get in the movies because in the movies you have what? You work on it for years and you have like an hour and a half of screen time. Right. And and I appreciate the um, orchestration of a a not just a movie length but like a full television like multi-season length um depiction of battle of of the mechanics of what goes into um coordinating the strategy all, all the various facets and elements like this is what is pretty appealing i think to me about what the clone wars is going to be Sorry, uh, beer. It's almost like um, you had two beers really quickly. What, um, what, what the Clone Wars is going to be attempting, and I say attempting because I haven't seen it. Right, right, um, right. But you know, like, like um, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers was just a miniseries, but I think it was like it was a more interesting take to have a long form narrative like that than what you can achieve just in like an hour and a half movie. Yeah, what a way to experience World War Two. <laughs> don't I? Don't you wish you could just live in it more? Don't you wish you could be a fly on the wall on World War Two? Mm, no, no, I, I completely agree. Let me ask you this: Yeah, what did you think about just turning it on for the first time, seeing the intro the way they do it now? I mean, you have the sweet music blast, duh, and then you have the awesome quote system they use now in the blue light, and and then you have the kind of speaking of World War Two. It almost feels like you're in a theater during World War II, and they're kind of giving you battle updates. Yeah, like you know, what, what I I love that because, and I'm sorry for asking the question and telling you my thoughts about it, but I I really love it. So, want to get your thoughts? I thought it was a clever way to integrate the long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, and not have the slow crawl of the text. Yeah, but still have that introductory um, element of war a wartime report of what's going on to kind of especially since I'm starting with episode 216 instead yeah. of episode 1. Yeah. Um get, getting a little introduction into what is this world, what's going on. Um it, it it's a clever system. I wonder if it's going to become grading if this is in every single episode. Yeah, I mean, well yeah. Um or yeah. Uh, because it seems cute and clever at first to me, but I don't know if it will continue to have that charm. And I think that as far as the, um, yeah, the 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 twists on the text being like this kind of lesson learned, yeah, um, quote at the beginning, a little cutesy. 
it's it's cute, but I, I like that a lot more. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, that's a good way to. You think it frames it to integrate a yeah a framework for this that, especially for this being a new world for me, kind of allows me to, um, realign myself and and acclimate to what they're going to be delivering. Yeah, and I think you you said it the right way. Like it's a wartime report, and we're constantly reminded each time we tune in that this is a war. And it's kind of funny to think about, God, we spent so much time wondering about this fictional war, right, in a galaxy long, you know, a long time ago, far, far away. But if you watch the movies and it's, you realize this is just the tip of the iceberg and there's so many cool characters to get involved in. And I think one of the first introductions here we have on that is, uh, you know, Ahsoka comes later and everything. We're talking about 216. What did you think about just Anakin kind of talking with the different commanders and stuff like that on the ship and kind of, you know, he was saying, I'm going to go with you. Did that do anything for you, like emotionally or? What I thought was interesting about that is my familiarity is that I know that all of the, um, what are they called? Uh, stormtroopers. Yeah. Are clones. The clones. They're they're clones. This is the Clone Wars. Um, I know that they're clones, but I was struggling with this idea of, are there clones that should be standing out to me that are a little bit more iconic characters within this group of them. Like Rex and Cody. And I, yeah, like now, like after I saw a couple episodes, I started realizing. Yeah. And that first one, I was like, I don't know. I don't know who's who. I don't know who I should be like um, locking into. So it was a little bit overwhelming, a little bit confusing. And I'm like, yeah, I, they all have the same voice when they take off their helmet. They all look the same. Yeah. Um, and, and like in episode 116, Right. Um, that is the one where there's one of the guys that's betrayed the rest of the clones. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that one was interesting thematically in that, like they they are all coming from a very similar place. They're all brothers, but there literally is literally an identical place. Yeah, there. But there is this idea of, um, not only this kinship, but there's there's an enslavement that they're all yeah. used as tools for a war and what is their sense of individuality uh, of self within that kind of construct. Um, I think that's very relevant to modern day warfare and like how it's very classist here and looking at this and like seeing how they were already um, playing with that in the first season, I thought it was actually a pretty important episode. Absolutely. And I was Um, glad that you watched it in this way. I, I just, I I'm curious if that's going to be explored more before. What did you call it? The um, what's a order sixty six? Order sixty six. Yeah, order sixty six, yeah. where they flip the switch. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the, I'll I'll say this right: the clones make the Clone Wars, and thank God they reappear in Rebels, um, and elsewhere because it's it's so enjoyable to watch them. And I'm glad that you that you recognize that. You know, for me, it's so interesting. And if you look at you know, episode two, Attack of the Clones, episode three, you don't really see, you know, the Jedi Order interacting much with other people. It's kind of like, okay, they'll interact a little bit with Padme. They're talking to Sheev, you know, Sheev Palpatine, right? Sheev Palpatine? Yeah. No. Sheev. I don't know, I don't know that. You know is. Palpatine. Yeah. First name Sheev. Last what? name Palpatine. Yeah. yeah. I know his first name. So we got Sheev. And so you don't really see them interacting a lot, but whenever you actually see them talking to the clones and talking to some of the commanders, you're actually like, okay, these are real people. Like, I'm sure Anakin, off camera, right, is going to go to the mess hall and have food with some of, with, with Rex and Cody. You know? But they're and all it's, so disposable. 
well, they're, they're treated as so disposable. And we'll talk about that. I mean, obviously they're fungible, and it's really sad. Not that the military soldiers have, throughout time, not been treated as so disposable. They're all always so dis- so disposable, and it's awful. Um, but there was kind of this sense of, um, wh- when they presented as clones, I, I kind of had this, this sense in the movies of like, oh. Well, now you just have an, an easy army. They're disposable. Yeah. And I think it's so important that this show has taken that on and going, no, these are still individuals. Even though they're cloned, grown in a lab, yeah. whatever, yeah. raised to be warriors, they are individuals with a sense of self. And it, it really had an echo to Finn's character yeah. in the, the the final trilogy Yeah, in that – he was a start a stormtrooper, raised from an age, indoctrinated into that world, and was able to break away from that, recognize his sense of self and individuality, and want to um, champion the other cause. Yeah, um, I I found a lot that resonates in that kind of story, and I I, I identify with that kind of plight a bit more, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, there's this horrific curiosity about the fact that, you know, you do have these clones. And and we have to remember that this is called the Clone Wars. It's not called the Droid Wars. It's not called the Separatist Wars or anything like that, right, or the Trade Federation or whatever. This is called the the Clone Wars, and it's because – well, I don't want to say it's because of this, but it's interesting to think about, you know, this advancing force. And I think we see that in in 116 and the movie – Right. Where we see these advancing droids that don't get tired. I mean, they're fucking idiots, but they don't get tired. And it's just this tidal wave coming at you. And we have real people, even though they're clones, they're still real people with real personalities that are distinct from one to one to the other. And they're fighting this battle that they've been created. They've been built to fight. They would not exist, but because of the war. Right. But that doesn't mean that they're necessarily beholden 100 percent to the war because they're humans or humanoids. Right. Just like the two of us. And I think it's interesting. And I wonder if Lucas thought about this. Because in episode four, Obi-Wan talks to Luke and says, oh, yeah, he was in the Clone Wars when he's talking about his dad. Right. He's talking about when he's talking about Anakin Vader. Right. So even in night in the late 70s, we had the we had the 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 clause or the term Clone Wars and nobody gave it a second thought, likely so for like 20 years. Right. So it's just really interesting that we've had that since the 70s because, I mean, I love talking about Watchmen with you and just kind of thinking about how things were in the 80s, revisiting that. We've had this idea of the Clone Wars. We didn't know what it was for, I mean, geez, like 40 years, you know, which is pretty wild to think about. So it's just really interesting thinking about, you know, and I'm glad you're already thinking about the clones because you're going to, I think, be pleasantly surprised at the fact that they focus so heavily on them. Really? Yeah. And I think a lot of people get bored with clones because they're – you know, first-time viewers think, I love Jedi, right? Like, I love the Force. I love seeing the Sith. Well, I mean, going back to Watchmen, yeah. I think that the idea that they were beginning to explore in the first season uh, with clones and how disposable they are, how they are used impro- improperly, um, how pets are being cloned. Um, how they're just, fished out of a lake? How they're fished out of a lake, but like even on Earth, like how how pets are being cloned yeah. and like that that technology, how it's being utilized. I think it's very fascinating. Beyond um, being her mother being cloned, um, it's it's fascinating territory to explore. There was this show Dollhouse 
um, Joss Whedon I don't know. Uh, did um, it was it was kind of a it, one of those shows after like Buffy that that Whedon did, and it it talked about like um, these these clone individuals. Yeah, that it had it was so rich with with um, opportunity to explore like such a wide array of stories with it. Yeah, and I think cloning itself. Is, just lends itself to that. So, yeah, the idea that they're going to explore that more, I'm really and, excited and, and about. It. I think Clone Wars does an interesting thing. What Star Wars does in general is, I think there's two important questions that we always ask ourselves. And I'm, and I know we've only talked about two sixteen. Don't worry, we're going to move on soon. But two important questions are, you know, what does it mean to be alive? Mm. Okay, and then what is life worth? And what does it mean to be alive? A lot of times I think we talk about droids and we can look at what are our droids alive? Like this droid that has a great personality, is it alive? And when you, when you cut its head off and decapitate it, there's no blood spurting out, but like, damn, that thing had a life, right? And I think we should think more about droids. And then what is a life worth? Obviously it comes with the clones because we know they're alive. And Clay. what is that? Okay. Sir? So, no, keep going. No, no, that's it. Go ahead. You, it is so interesting because all of these – Concepts are converging. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about Watchmen in one second, <coughs> but now I'm immediately thinking about um, the other podcast I do, Star Trek Discovery Pod, Okay, where we're talking about um, the world of Star Trek. And also, what... I'll say this. I do not have CBS All Access or whatever the hell it's billed as, so yeah. I, I don't know anything about it. Okay. Well, you do have a familiarity with Picard and uh, TNG, and- Picard, there's a brand new series called Picard. Yeah. But it is him discovering that Data, um, who I guess has died at this point, 20 years in the future from TNG. Which timeline? Um, main timeline. Okay. Uh, that uh, Data might have potentially, he's, he's a synthetic, he's a droid, essentially. Um, he might have um, been integral in creating another line of synthetics that are more indistinguishable from humans basically mm. um uh walking uh human slash droids like and picard is an advocate for um all life forms including data and so when you're talking about this idea of like where we draw the line on what is considered a life form that is also being explored right now in Picard as well, mm. where it's like you can be a, a droid. You can be a man-made machine being, and and you need someone to advocate for you. Fight like for Picard. your rights. And exactly. That, that's what's going on here. And, like, it's just kind of cool how this is, like, a cross-section that's being explored in it's all It's almost sci-fi. like technology is developing and we're having to <laughs> rethink about, like, what it means to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. No. That's that's really that's really fascinating. I mean, I want to watch Picard. I might need to get your password after the show. I got you, blood. Yeah. But yeah. Um. I I I think that it's really cool how all these are converging. Um. One six and one sixteen. Do you have any Cylon food? <laughs> Cylons. Yeah. In Picard. In our uh, Star Trek pod, I referenced Battlestar. Quite a few times, really, and Cylons, because I thought there's just a lot of thematic uh, similarities. Between That's one of the all hardest I've ever laughed in my life. Was watching that first season with y'all. <laughs> it was uh, really good. That was probably like 20 years ago. 
Oh, shit. Jesus. Okay, so hey, well, are you ready for 116? I'm going to read the plot. Uh, yeah, read read the plot for 116. We've already discussed a little bit of it. Yeah, so you drink your beer, I'll read the plot. Anakin and Obi-Wan lead Republic forces in an attempt to defeat the droid armies and free the planet of Christopher Christopherson from the <laughs> Separatist siege. When the Republic is ambushed and forced to retreat, it becomes clear that someone in their midst has set them up. Holy smokes. The Jedi believe this infiltration is a Sith-backed operation and go behind enemy lines to investigate. Meanwhile, Captain Rex and Commander Cody set out to uncover the traitor amongst them. So, really quickly for you, I know that you mentioned, you know, it's interesting to see the clones, kind of get that background. Really quickly for people who, I think if you're listening at this point, you probably know a lot about Star Wars. Um, Before this, in Episode 2, or I'm sorry, in Episode 3, we only saw Obi-Wan talk to the clones once, and they literally said maybe six, or one of them said six or seven words at Order 66. And, like, that's it. I mean, we have not seen any interesting dialogue or any fact, any um, hint that they have some humanity behind them or interesting personalities, right? Right. So here we actually, this blows that out of the water and shows that, wow, these people have distinct personalities, they're individuals, they're humans, and they actually have questions about what they're doing and why they're fighting. They also all have distinct haircuts in order for us yeah. to visually identify <clears throat> and distinguish amongst them, which but, I think is kind of hilarious and like a lot of work for the animators. Like, and we got to give each one a specific haircut. It's needed, but also, would you do something different if you knew you looked the same as like millions of others? You might find individuality wherever you could. Right. I I, I don't. I don't begrudge either the animators or the idea of the characters doing that. Listen, I just think it's a it's sort of funny from an observational listen, audience standpoint. You'd go blonde tips. <laughs> I did do blonde. You'd tips. squeeze in some sun and in your hair. You'd go mow the yard, dude. In the nineties, I had I used to bleach my hair and I used to wear fake glasses, like uh, lensless frames, just so I could uh, be an artsy, different kid. So You people who wear fake glasses oh, j- and the, j- just kill me. You remember the visors where you'd cut the top off so that your hair could spike out above it? You would do that? Oh, yeah. Good Lord, you would do that. No, I never so, okay. had a girlfriend back then. I don't know why, though. Interesting. Huh, I wonder if there's no, a connection. No so, correlation. So, and now we're talking about Star Wars yeah. on, on a Saturday night. So. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing, nothing has changed. Uh, and before this, off air, before the show started, I was telling you how many chicken, how many eggs my chickens laid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, there's no surprise. wild nights, wild Saturdays. crazy Saturday nights. Um, so one sixteen. Did you like this one better than two sixteen? I did definitely. Okay. I I thought that this one was a lot more engaging in character development than the last one. the The last one, it it seemed. It seemed like a five-minute story um, expanded into about 22 minutes. It was a little bit unnecessary for me to get the – like, I could have read the Wikipedia summary on that one. You could have jerked off so many times in 22 minutes. It was a waste of your time. <laughs> Maybe when I was a young buck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but watching this one, I I felt that, okay, th- this is an interesting world. Like you, like you outlined, there is a lot more going on with the characters of – the different clones, they all have a little bit of individuality. There's camaraderie among them and um, betrayals uh, possible among them. And when it happens, it's actually very fascinating because what does it mean 
to um to go against your your fellow clone brothers. Yeah. And so what did you what did you think about uh kind of this idea I guess I want to say this idea of that. Like did you did you empathize with this guy? I I did. I that's the other thing I really wanted to talk to you about because there is an overall problem with what the Clone Wars is. Like it exists it's sandwiched between two stories we already know. We mm. know the future of this, we know the past of this. So we know the outcome. We the the viewer are much more um uh I was gonna say educated, but what's what's the It's kinda like a hindsight thing, right? Yeah, like we we know what's going on with Palpatine, we know what's going on with Dooku. We can you, can you call him Sheev? Sheev, we know what's going on with Sheev. Palpatine. We know what's going on with Dooku. We know the the machinations in place for the ultimate betrayal. We know the end game for what Anakin's going to be become. So in a way, for me, there's also something super problematic about that. And I, I was going to already address that in the movie when we get to that. But I feel like addressing that here. Yeah, go for it. I already can because I know that I know that the clones are ultimately going to be turned on a switch and uh, betray everyone to become just a lethal army of of Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine at that point, uh, as he tries to take over the galaxy. And Mm -hmm. to see the the minutia that's kind of leading into it, it's it's weird. Yeah. It's... You know, it's why a lot of prequels don't work. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, because you already know the end result. When think about like World War One, right? Like you're in the trenches, you see the foxhole or whatever, you see somebody getting trench foot. Okay, speaking of trench, right? You, you see somebody. <laughs> Lots of trench. You, that's not funny, here. but like you see somebody getting trench foot, whatever. <laughs> and you always have the protagonist, right, in this great story. And I know that there's been a lot of writing about like this fa- and the st- fact that Star Wars does this. We fo- we follow this one character. He ha- he or she has to survive. And then the other people who die are just kind of fodder and they're just kind of like, you know, um, I guess an amusement in a way. It just mm. kind of they, they kind of make the scene. But a, if a book started on somebody who just died five minutes into World War One, it'd make for kind of like a, a not a not the most interesting, at least traditional like book. Right. I mean, but they do have a backstory and there is something to talk about and it's something to talk. And it, it kind of plays a part in thinking about the war in general. And I think the Clone Wars. It, it it does this in between seasons, you know, or episodes two and three, and obviously season seven is going to be fucking awesome because it's going to go parallel with episode three, as we already know from the preview. Which I hope, if you have not watched it, I'm sure you have. Go back and watch it. Um, that was released last week. But it's interesting to think about the clones as people, as who they are, um, and and what they want to be. And I mean, I don't know. You haven't seen Rebels, have you? No. In fact, we just got a comment from uh, someone on our from uh, Star Trek Discovery Pod, probably Mike, who says, I support this venture, but get to Rebels already because <laughs> he's excited about Rebels, too. Rebels when we have season one preteen or seasons, you know, after that when he's. I don't know what pub- this means. Well, I mean, he's young and then he has a shorter haircut. So it just depends. Do you like him long hair or short? Or are you like a long? You're a kind of a short hair guy. You might like seasons two, three, four. 
I already told you a story about the the short hair and how I grew up, right? No, no, no. I haven't heard this. You, 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 you I grew up. As, I grew up as an army brat, right? And my dad was very much a high and tight man. All of our haircuts always had to be really high and tight. You don't grow your hair out. That's what hippies do, right? And so I always look down on any man who grew his hair out too much, which is why I missed all the good Kurt Russell movies in the eighties. Damn! And now you're a Bernie bro like me. I'm a I'm a Bernie bro, and I've never cut my son's Am hair ever bro? in his whole life. Huh? Am I a Bernie bro? Your vote? I mean, you know, I'll totally vote for him. Yeah, you're a Bernie bro. Come on, just do it, man. It doesn't hurt. I'll give you I'll give you a bumper sticker. No big deal. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I thought 116 was was really interesting as far as Rebels goes. We can definitely chat about Rebels at a later date. Um, I think Rebels is it's pretty boss, but I think Clone Wars is is it, and I think that's something interesting to talk about Clone Wars too. The fact when we look at kind of the canonical, 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 canonical stuff, you know, we have nine movies. We have the Haunt, the Solo movie. We have Rogue, which is fucking badass. Um, and that's it. And I would say out of the nine movies, what do you think are good movies out of those? Like, tell me episodes, you know, just use numbers. And you, uh, I, I know you haven't seen nine. Empire Strikes Back. Phenomenal movie. Fuck yeah, it's the best uh, movie. A New Hope. If I were if I were putting them in order, um, oh man, no, I would say like um, Rebels is my no no uh, Rogue Rogue One. I put Rogue One probably as my favorite now. Yeah, no, that's Fuck, not wrong. That one was amazing. That's not wrong. Um, and then I'd say Empire, and then I'd say A New Hope, and then I'd probably jump to uh, the. Uh, I'm I'm kind of toggling between the Force Awakens and I, I'd say the Force Awakens before I'd say the Last Jedi. No, you're wrong. Because I like the Last Jedi a lot. You're wrong. But I hated that casino you're element. So, you're wrong. You that, what? The casino element sucks, but it but the animals. It are cute. is. There are a lot of themes that are pretty awesome, and I have not seen Episode Nine, but I feel like a lot of people are saying on Twitter that they. Piss all over a lot of the really integral themes that happened in episode eight. Well, different writers, different writers. And, but like, I don't know. It's, it's, you're not wrong. That makes me really wary. I would go with episode five, then episode, I would go episode five, then Rogue, then episode four, then episode six, then episode eight. Can I ask you then? Yeah. If you have, if you're looking at, and I I get the overall idolatry of of Empire, but if you have Empire and you have Rogue One sitting on your shelf, like two VHS or two DVD, uh, two digital <laughs> videos you can watch, laser disc, laser disc, oh Jesus, um, and you you can pick one of those two to watch right now. You're gonna put Empire before you pick Rogue One. Recency bias, dude. It's recency bias. Just because, but, but just, just it's because, honesty. Just because Rogue is cleaner and they've learned how to do things in that's cinema, not ne- that's not necessarily true. I mean, maybe within a franchise, maybe. But I would watch Lord of the Rings before I'd watch Return of the King, or I would watch um, Fellowship of the Ring Two before I'd watch Return of the King, the first one. I find that I, number one I, is the best. I think that I would watch. I don't know what I would watch. I know what's more important to the story, and I think it's five. I think these days we know everything that comes out with social media and everything like that. And whenever he's and so it's not that big of a deal. But whenever he said like I'm your father and he cuts his fucking hand off, that said something. That was awesome. 
Right. It, it brought it into this like Shakespearean kind of thing. But when they they sacrifice everything and all of them die no, 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 for no. that cause, no, no. I feel it's even more powerful. And that's why I love it. It's because you don't have this Jedi bullshit. You just have certain people maybe who are force, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm one with the force and the force is one with me. Or right. Whatever. No, I mean, that's lovely. Um, I would say they're a toss up. I would still pick five because I think it was so important to the franchise and the fact that it was done so long ago. It is established. Look, without five. You wouldn't have Rogue. It wouldn't have survived. The, 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 it wouldn't survive for forty years. Sure, but that's irrelevant to which DVD you pick. Who's off better, the shelf. Stevie Ray Vaughan or Jimi Hendrix? It's so hard to say. I mean, you would have you would not have Stevie without Jimmy. But like, you could say, okay, Stevie's better in certain ways. He added he added these elements, blah blah blah. But like, Jimmy's Jimmy's fucking awesome. It's just it's just it's just impossible to say. You're, you're putting me in a hard position. I think we. I wish we could go off camera. I mean, I I agree, but either way, I'm listening to Harry Styles. <laughs> go with the modern <laughs> yeah you're not wrong so okay so I guess I mean to say so that, 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 we, that out of the 11 movies we have I would only really love and it's funny that we only love like 4 or 5 of them but this is such an important franchise right Right. Um, and that I think that out of those the 4 or 5 we love Clone Wars can be added, tacked onto that and I mean I love it too and I think I love it because the fact that you know the movies we have Let's say an hour and a half each movie, right? We have nine main movies. We are we already have 121 episodes of the Clone Wars, and we're about to add 12 more. So if you want to get into the minutia, which I know you said you got bored with with episode 216, this is the time to actually get into the galaxy and see them doing interesting things. Whether it's with clones, whether it's with Night Sisters, whether it's with the Sith, whether it's like teaching younglings to get kyber crystals, it's really fascinating to get in there and see, whoa. You know, when we look at the video games like like Knights of the Old Republic, that was thousands of years before uh, before Episode One. Right. Okay. That's way before Knights Battle of the Old Republic was that long ago. Old Republic, friend. Old. Old Republic. Emphasis on old. Knights of the of the Old Republic. Coder. Thousand thousands of years before. So it doesn't really matter because you're not going to find ties to this that matter. But when we look at Clone Wars, we're in the thick of it. And you know what? In a war, like people don't necessarily make the best decisions. They don't do what's right. And that's what I love about it is that it's just like fucking muddy and messy. You know, and it's cool to have 120 episodes of that. And right now I know you're like, holy shit, we got to watch 120 episodes in, in oh, a man. month? You, I mean, you have two kids. I, I'll figure it out. No, You'll figure it out. You'll get less um, No, but Go ahead. You were talking a little bit ago about um, the solo project, or when I said a little bit ago, I mean also yesterday at lunch. Um, uh, uh, you were talking about the idea of um, the no, not solo, the Obi Wan project that was going to be on Disney Plus, and you said uh, what what you heard had happened was that the story was too similar to the Mandalorian, and that it was Obi Wan on Tatooine looking after Baby Anakin. <laughs> Um, or ba- baby Luke, baby Luke, rather, yeah. right? Um, and that there really wasn't quickly, what, enough variance in idea and concept to what's going on already with Mandalorian. Yeah, I it, thought that was pretty fascinating. And when you say I heard, you know, I'm you a tra- read. I'm a trademark lawyer, so I read it online like everybody else. I have no inside information. <laughs> uh, sure, fair enough. But uh, that's what I read. That's what I heard from people talking at the water cooler. You know. I don't know. So that's why I think, thank God we actually have Clone Wars, which I think has had a good, you know, in animated series, do you say like showrunner? Is it the same thing or? Yeah, you still say like Dave 
Dave Filoni is like the exactly. showrunner, right? I think I think he, he's done just an awesome job over the course of 120 something, ep- 121 I think episodes. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Obi Wan is right now just like Lord of the Rings on Amazon, right? Isn't that kind of dead in the water? Yeah, I think so. So right now, if you want Star Wars, if you like Star Wars, Clone Wars is your best bet. We're gonna lead you through there. Let me ask you this: You watched two sixteen, you watched one sixteen. And then when you got to the movie, which was 90 minutes, you couldn't handle 22-minute episodes. How did you think about a 90-something-minute show? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Let me just say, baby fucking Java. Yeah. Baby Java. Yeah. Was already there before a baby Yoda. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Like, man, the- You want a pillow. This should have been called- Star Wars, the return of or the rescue of baby Jabba. Get him baby Tylenol. I don't know. Get him baby Tylenol. Get him baby Tylenol. This fucking movie is such a non-movie in plot that it was a little bit frustrating. The It is so crucial, and actually I thought there was a, it was really great, the introduction of Osaka. Yeah. Is that her name? Osaka Tano. Osaka Tano. The introduction of her as the new Padawan to not Obi-Wan, but to Anakin. And the friction between them, I thought, is like, oh, this is one of those great moments that I want to see in Star Wars. Yeah. So I was kind of enjoying it. It's a little bit poorly handled at times. Sky Guy? It's Sky Guy. Come on, Sky Guy. What does he call her? What's her, his nickname? Snips. Snips. Where you does know, that come from? You know. You don't know. No. Well, you know how they usually induct people into the Jedi Order at a young age, and you know that Jedi's can't have kids or have sexual relations. You got to be fucking genital mutilation is what he's going with there. They snipped her, man. Stop. <laughs> they snipped Stop her. Stop it. No, really. What does it come from? Because um, that cannot be. Why he's calling her a snip? I'm completely kidding. You have to. Be. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, they, it's not uh, after. It's not after. Me, it made me so uncomfortable. It's not after genital mutilation. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, listen, it's a galaxy a long time ago. No, you can't expect them to be as progressive as we are. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, Java's uncle is still hiding away in some. Why is he calling her snips? I actually don't know why he calls her snips. But he keeps calling her snips. Interesting, though, she only has the one saber in this, and she's known for the duel. So that'll be oh, interesting to kind of find how that develops. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I, go ahead. I, I thought we, we saw a little bit of Ventress in episode 116, and then she's also in this movie. Do you think her? Do you think she and Obi-Wan have fucked? Oh. They I have some. They do have some chemistry. Have they fucked? But Oh, have they? Have they fucked? You would know. Oh, have they? I think they have. They fucked. Okay. Um, I like her a lot. Okay. I think she's very interesting as a character. Um, but overall, the 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 plot of this is like the rescue of baby slug bug, um, Jabba, and it's kind of goofy and silly and really drawn out with. Sure, it's like oh, you get to see the strategy and elements, but those those can't be the lifeblood. They can't sustain the plot overall. I think. Roger Ebert, has it come to this? They spent an episode worth of material 
in just them getting off of um, Christoph Christopherson. Yeah. Um, planet. And interestingly, that was the most important. That was the most interesting thing for me. Interestingly, that was the most interesting part. Is just seeing the battle unfold, and for some reason, the battle unfolded only on one main drag, on one like ma- main street. Yeah, just one street of of, of battle. Exactly. You got warp speed, you're, but you and you just haul ass there, and then you just line up and go. Yeah, and yep. it, it's all about some pink biodome that they all have to just get inside of, and then they can eviscerate them. Did you just make a Polly Shore reference? <laughs> not not uh, at biodome. I, yeah, but I don't know. I. So so you're cool with it being a TV show, but if you had to pay to go see it in the theater, not so much. Again, I think you bring up a, a great point with the idea that it's all like in the in the main battle, it's always just a thoroughfare or everyone going up one devil's tower yeah. mountain thing to a, a, a little palace. Like there there should be in a battle of this scale. Showing that scale. So here we go. The, the 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 Wikipedia summary of the film. As more stars as more star systems get swept into the Clone Wars, the valiant Jedi Knights struggle to maintain order. Anakin and his Padawan learner Ahsoka Tano embark on a mission that brings them face to face, mano a mano, with Jabba the Hutt. Plotting against them is evil Count Dooku and his agent Ventress, who would ensure that the Jedi fail. Meanwhile, Yoda Yoda, excuse me. Had a couple a couple glasses of wine and a, beer. a rum and a beer. Meanwhile, Yoda and Obi-Wan lead the clone army against the forces of the dark side. So that's it. So go ahead. I was I was a little bit confused. Okay. And you have a little bit more familiarity with what's going on with the battle lines between the separatists and the Federation. Republic. The Republic. But my understanding is that Palpatine was recognizing that in episode one that I you, guess there was a breakdown of trade relations. You mean Phantom Menace? In Phantom Menace. Okay. Um, episode one. There was a breakdown of trade relations between planets, which was causing war to break out. And there was not an overall governing force to regulate such things in which case there's like this little um space patrol called the jedi who just try to keep peace and like mediate between everyone right so what palpatine was trying to advocate is like hey we should have a whole uh whole entire galaxy government and who should run that? I don't know, but I, I guess I could whatever humbly this like this is bridging between one and two right and please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I might be getting something. I think wrong. you're good. I want to correct you a little bit, but yeah. But, but he's basically orchestrating machinations in order to um, drive that friction, in mm-hmm. order to create a clone army that he can say is going to try and do a peacekeeping mission to prevent the the widespread breakout of war among all of these planets, while. At the same time, also using Count Dutu, Dooku, his apprentice, to um, orchestrate that friction. Right. So he's creating the friction so that he can create the police force on the other side to become the emperor of the galaxy. Like he is, he's a power hungry megalomaniac. Is that correct? Am I off? I think base you are on that? off on certain points, but generally speaking, you're correct. I mean, we have the Trade Federation that's upset with the Republic for. 
you know, whatever. We know that, I mean, it's it's bullshit. I mean, they're in front of Naboo, they're doing a blockade, who cares, Phantom Menace, whatever. But generally speaking, yeah, I mean, the, the point of the, the point of it is that the Jedi are a religious order, right, who are basically peacekeepers who do their religious thing, they explore the Force. They're peacekeepers throughout the galaxy. Yada yada yada. They're never meant supposed. To, they're never supposed to or meant or supposed to be generals. Okay, and we have Palpatine, who you know is also Darth Sidious, right? And right. He's playing both sides. Count Dooku as a, in, in the Sith. You know, there's always two. There's never one. There's never three. And that's a problem with Ventress because she always craves, as we'll see, to become part of the Sith, right? And she can't because there's always, well, up until Anakin kills him at the beginning of three, there's always two, not three, right? A master and apprentice. Exactly. So, you know, and for some reason, the Jedi are a little bit behind on that. I don't know. You know, Yoda at the end of one, he's like, we don't know if he's the apprentice or the master. There's always two. It's like, really, Yoda? You can't really just meditate a little longer and discover that? But that's that's also not necessarily true because, like, Qui-Gon... Qui-Gon dies. Mm-hmm. So there's Obi-Wan well, no, taking no, no. on Apprentice Anakin, right? No, no. You're, thinking, you're thinking a Jedi can have multiples. You're, you're, just the Sith, there's always two. Just the Sith. Just the Sith, there's always two. But now, with the Sith, there's three. The Sith, there's not three. Listen, the Sith, there's two. There's the Master and the Apprentice with the Sith, okay? But the Sith, and this is really interesting, we'll see this in the Clone Wars more, and we'll see this in the books if you ever read them, is that Palpatine starts taking younglings that would go to the Jedi and he starts taking them as inquisitors to basically for like people who can sense the force. He is taking them now to become, to generate, not generate, but kind of to develop their dark side energy. Mm -hmm. Right. And he is taking them and doing that. That's kind of like Ventress, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So he's developing this. He creates the clone wars. He wants to create intergalactic, or not intergalactic, galactic friction because Huh, just like somebody named Putin likes to create friction and chaos in the United States where we don't know what to believe, we don't know where to look, where to turn, he can then capitalize on that, right? Right. We can, I mean, if we're not fucking idiots, we can all agree on that. The same thing with Palpatine. He's like, you know, we have a republic, it's going pretty well, I guess so, who knows, but let's create conflict and then I can seize on that, right? That he creates the clones, well, actually, an older Jedi decided to start creating the clones, and we can talk about that later, because we'll see that later on, and there's going to be some pretty interesting episodes I'm looking forward for you to watch. But it's regarding the computer chip and everything else and some maybe um, some malfunctioning computer chips that might make certain clones turn early. Uh, interesting. interesting. And how they have to nip that in the bud so that the, the whole plan is not exposed. Um, but And, of course, we did a spoiler alert, so I don't feel too bad about that. <laughs> Uh, and the spoiler alert is for you as well, not just for the audience. I've been spoiled. Yeah. Um, with your sugar daddy, you're spoiled? A little bit. I, am I calling you sugar daddy now? Oh, Lord. Um, no, so yeah. I mean, so, you know, we have we have Palpatine playing both sides. He has Dooku kind of running the show, but really it's, Pal- it's Palpatine Sidious running the show, right? right? And now we have the Jedi Order kind of in an uncomfortable position as being generals but, and the clones working for them and with them. Right. I guess where my confusion kind of comes with this, the the movie is, I thought that Dooku was on the same page as Palpatine. He's on the same page as Sidious, his alter ego. Sidious. I thought he's on the same page, especially when Sidious says to him, "You're going to kidnap the Huts, um, kid. You're going to kidnap Jabba's kid." 
and you're going to become his enemy. Yeah. He says that right in the beginning. You're going to become his enemy. Like, that's our intent. Yeah. And then it seems like Dooku goes out of his way to try and manipulate the situation so that he's not his enemy, but he's the Hut's alliance. And then Dooku seems disgruntled that he failed in that endeavor when when Sidious said at the beginning, no, 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 you're going to kidnap because our end game is that you're going to be the enemy of the Huts because we want you to kidnap. We want the Jedi to, to make the alliance with them because my end game. But is it Palpatine, okay? My question Palpatine is Palpatine did you, not want the alliance between the between the Republic and, and Hut. No, I thought he most definitely did. Palpatine because he ultimately to, wants to win the war. You have to think about Palpatine does not want to win the war. Palpatine wants to – the whole reason for the Clone Wars is so Palpatine can thin the herd of the Jedi and create discord and then capitalize on that by be, by creating an empire, by getting the emergency powers that he gets in Attack of the Clones, right? Because it was a republic before that. He then says, whoa, we have – I need an emergency war declaration because there's so much discord. I need to have more executive power, right? Right. So then he gets that and you see – Patriot Pat- Act. Exactly. Patriot Act. And so, and so then you see Padme say – this is how democracy dies with clap with clapping, you yeah. Know, with applause, she's, she's Washington Post. She knows, Lim- right? And so then right. we see episode three. It goes from executive war powers to an empire. It goes Caesar, right? Is now what was he? Was like first citizen or whatever, and now he's you know the imp- emperor, right? Yeah. So that's it. I mean, Palpatine doesn't actually care. He has to obviously when Yoda's sitting across the table from him, he has to play his part. But his whole point is, I mean. He's the Sith Lord, right? He's a smart fucking dude. So he's just kind of sowing discord, thinning out the herd of the Jedi, using resources so then everybody's weak and so then he can seize a galaxy that's weak. I thought his whole goal, because he's clearly grooming Anakin. Yeah. I thought his whole goal was that he wanted Anakin to succeed because he saw how... Like, I thought Anakin, Anakin is too precious to him to risk. Yeah. So he wanted Anakin to ultimately succeed, and he believes that Anakin will succeed with the Hut. So his his belief is like, if we mobilize the Jedi, and if I send Anakin in on this this journey, he's going to succeed because that guy's pure force distilled. He's midichlorian to the max, right? Right. So if he's saying to Dooku, "Hey, you're going to make enemies with Hut," it's because he and Dooku know that the end game is. For Palpatine to become, or Sidious slash Palpatine to become, but does Dooku not know who that Sidious is also Palpatine? He knows. He has to know, right? Uh, you know, so he he must know the end game there. But yeah. it seemed like Dooku was operating a little bit disgruntled that like he he lost the battle to Anakin when that should have been the end game. It should have been like I'm gonna make it hard for you, but you're gonna get that and that actually works to my advantage because ultimately we want the Sith to control the galaxy. I would recommend anybody who's looking for I'm so more, confused. I, I would recommend anybody who's looking for information on uh, City, uh, on Palpatine or Sidious, his psyche, to read some of the comics. And you can actually get them for free if you have a Kindle. I think maybe it's the same thing for Amazon Prime. You can read them like on your – or maybe you just have a way of reading I heard of free. this thing called a library. Yeah. Check that shit out. So there are a ton of comic books you'll see, and you'll see, for instance, after the Death Star, after Episode Four. Um, there you go, Swetsies. Yeah. After episode four, um, Sidious was kind of like looking for his new... You pour it in your wine glass. Oh, it's going to be sexy. <laughs> Sidious was looking for his new 
his new apprentice because, you know, Vader failed him so much. And, and he kind of thought, well, if Vader dies and it's a new apprentice, cool. That apprentice has, has earned it. And it's, uh, not, what's it called? Meritocracy? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a meritocracy, so then he's earned it. But if not, then okay, then then Vader's then Vader has earned it as well, right? Yeah. So it's not like he. It, I don't think that that Palpatine is predicting every single thing, every single step. He doesn't know that okay, that that Dooku and Anakin are going to see each other in the desert and have this saber battle, and one inch away could could have killed Anakin. I think he's just thinking either way. I'm going to spread chaos. I'm going to sow chaos and discontent and whatever. And it's going to weaken the Empire. It's going to thin the herd of the Jedi. And eventually, I'm going to get what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Play play both sides. And if it works out one way, good. If it works out the other way, good. Um, he He's flexible because he's he's playing dual roles of, of good guy and bad guy. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. You know, I mean, you got to think about him the whole time. He knows what's going on. He's just trying to... Expend resources, get every. What, what are you looking at? I like the I like the beer in the big glass there. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's it's a nice bouquet. Yeah, yeah, it's floral. Um, so that's kind of what you have to think about. I think it's interesting too to think about what we see in this film. This is a really good beer, by the way. Is it? All right. I think Mega Flora is really good. I haven't had it. It's I, their, like, I like their the can. new hazy. I like the gnome on the can. You're gonna like it. You so, you like jellyfish. It's. I do. I love jellyfish. Yeah. It kind of smells like that. So it's interesting thinking about whenever Ahsoka is asking him, oh, what happened to Tatooine? That's where you're from, huh? This is going to be like a homecoming. You're going to put on the Letterman's jacket? <laughs> and we know that in episode two, he slaughtered an entire community. And he just basically says, I don't want to talk about it. So just think about you. That happened in episode two? I was thinking like any of his like bad shit happened in episode three. So you go so in episode two. Episode he, two he goes, is where he, he, he strikes down all the He goes back Tuscan. to see his remember he's having he's having nightmares about his mom. Right. He goes back to see his mom. She dies. Mm-hmm. Right then. He then leaves and just destroys him. So he's bad in episode two. He's like legit, like awful. I mean, he had a bad day. <laughs> he had a bad you murder a bunch of people. That's not a bad day. So that's... you had a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like downright fucked up. Yeah, it's man. bad. It's not good, and that's why obviously he doesn't want to talk about it to his new Padawan. You know, he's right. like, let's wait till you graduate a little bit, youngling. Okay. Snips. I, I he snips for a some reason. I I was watching this under the impression that there's still a degree of um, innocence. Him. Like, sure, he's battle-hardened, but he's not mowing down innocent villages adjacent to where his his mom was kidnapped. You know, or not adjacent. Does like, it was have, in the community, but he's when, still. You know, you can argue that innocence. he does have innocence throughout because he regains it when he kills Palpatine, Sidious, right? And then wants to look at Luke with his own eyes. And also you can say that, you know, at the end when he has that awful look, that, that close-in zoom-in with Padme, I guess he has love in his heart, but that was awkward. That was an awful scene. That was the worst part of the movie. He There's there's not necessarily any redemption there. I don't know. So I, I think it's interesting here, you know, doing just as far as the podcast, it's not really useful necessarily to do a deep dive of each plot point because no. we all know what happens between two and three. And I think it's going to be really interesting seeing whenever this goes into episode three in season seven. But I think for me, it's more of like the characters, how they develop, who you like, what surprises you about the force and the galaxy. Because this is such an opportunity to see the galaxy at large when the movies really, you know, 99% of us rely on the movies. And so, that's only the, the 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 tip of the iceberg. Well, then let's talk about Osaka. Let's talk about, let's talk about Tano. 
Yeah. Who? Osaka. Oh. Um, what it, did you think when and she was? You haven't seen her in Rebels when she's older. What did you? She you haven't seen her dueling? You know, deal. Uh, there is wielding duelies. It, it feels like a little bit of a common trope. The um, young ingenue who actually is a a force to be reckoned with, being taken on as the rookie, I guess, and taken under the wing, but proving her her grit and merit. Like I I get all that, and I think it like always really works for me. Turner and Hooch. Yeah, I love I love it. She's Hooch, um, <laughs> but um. At the same time, there's a little bit of like a, a clunky introduction to the characters. It's Star Wars, so you can say McClunky. McClunky. You know, famous character, McClunky. Th- that said, I feel like given this is that whole prequel sandwiched into the awful fate of the Jedi in the future, I... I watch her development with a lot of discomfort and apprehension okay. because I'm looking at her fate as either death or um, going into um, uh, hiding. Hiding, yeah. And either way, it's it's ultimately a tragedy. So I don't know. It's like I'm I'm kind like, of rooting for her, but I'm kind of like ah. do you not want to do you not want to waste emotion on her because you know where it's going, kind of? Not necessarily that so much as I I feel the strings of of writers' manipulation on me. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Like I I already know it's hammocked, right? I mean, I already know the destiny of where this story must go, and. The end result for her is not that she is going to be um, a highly regarded warrior within the Jedi um, Order. So it's <sighs> it, it it ultimately can't be. It, she can achieve that within a first few seasons, yeah. sure. But the end game is going to be tragedy, one way or the other. Right. And I think because uh, there's the destruction of the Jedi. And you're going to see that even before the destruction of the Jedi with her. So it's going to be interesting. So I don't know. I, I watch it and I'm just kind of like, I don't know how I feel. Yeah. For me, I, I look at what's going to stand up to him. You know, like you have a you have a piece of steak. You want like a bold a bold wine or something, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want like the, the raspberry. You want like the dark cherry, blackberry kind of thing. Um, you know. She's kind of like that. She's just as stubborn as Anakin is, and it kind of it is a trope, but it works. I mean, you could not imagine him with any other Padawan. You really couldn't. If you had a Padawan who's like really submissive and just does what he says, it's not going to be great. I mean, you need somebody who's as bold and as venturous as he is. He and needs she's someone who one. who challenges him. He'll only respect defiance. Exactly, and he'll only respect somebody who just like goes for it, and he likes that. Yeah, yeah. and if if somebody else is always kind of like. Okay, like let's do the safe thing. Let's do what Obi Wan says. Can we go into some deeper analysis right here? Sure. What do you think that says about Anakin and his relationship with Luke? His son that he yeah. tries to kill. Yeah. Go ahead. Don't you feel that ultimately, what he comes around to is such a rejection of anything that he would think <laughs> as like a logical move, like. Luke's ultimate move, which is so powerful in um in Return of the Jedi, is 
is that he operates <laughs> out of complete pacifism. Yeah. He says, I'm not going to fight you at all. I, I am at this crossroads where I have an opportunity to save the galaxy. But the only thing I'm going to do is absolute pacifism. I'm going to give myself up willingly in the hope that my father will see my my openness and vulnerability and in a in a move of love my my not even that me. I don't even think he got to that point. I think he just cut his hand off, saw the hand, realized shit, he's just like me, right? Like he went through his own thing. There's good in him, I know it, I can sense it in the force. I don't even care at this point. Maybe he can save me, maybe he can't. You know, but I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a logic play. But I, I, I do think there's an interesting consistency of character in mm-hmm. that he sees this act of defiance mm-hmm. in Ahsoka. Shit, am I saying it right again? Yeah. Every time I say it, I think I say it wrong. You say it differently, but that was right. Um, Ahsoka and <laughs> anyway, Ahsoki. Um, <laughs> Ahsoka. I think that when he sees that in her, he he recognizes that in himself, and he finds that appealing in something that he can kind of um, groom and work with. Like even even with that friction, he appreciates that friction. But I think that also resonates with the ultimate defiance that he gets from Luke, although he can't identify it initially because it is such an egregious act of defiance that like. He's so used to people being hardcore fighters that defy what he would think is appropriate. To find someone who would act in such a pacifist way of not def- not fighting, doesn't that feel like like he would go? He would he would start with anger and then just go, "Wow, holy shit! That's that's something I can identify with and embrace." Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say because I do think there is a cleavage between Anakin and, and Vader. And he talks about it a lot in the comic books, like Anakin is dead, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, Vader is like Maul, who was able to survive being cut in half, just living on pure hatred, right? right? So I think it's tough to look at, like, similarities. But I think you're right that, you know, she worked for him then. Anakin is this flyboy. He has a lot of confidence. He has a lot of bravado. He does he – go, he flies in the face of danger. And she does the same thing, and I think he respects that because a lot of times he hated how the Jedi wouldn't give him all the information. You look at episode three, one of the ways that Palpatine Sidious was able to sway or, you know, push or pull um, Anakin over to the dark side was to be able to say, you know, the Jedi aren't trusting you. They're just too old fashioned. They're too slow. And look at you. You're doing all this stuff. You're the greatest. You know, you're I mean, you are the greatest pilot in the whole galaxy. You're the one saving the Republic. And they don't even let you on a, the full council. Right. They don't even give you a vote. They're on, you're on it because I put you there, but they won't even let you really on it. So. He does have that kind of thing, and she she does that for him. Later on, you're right in that he really respects people, <coughs> excuse me, who push and challenge and go against authority, even though you know his authority is second to none when it comes to to Sidious, right? But he does really appreciate people, and I think maybe you're right. He does see something in Luke where he's just a pure, vulnerable being, and he's okay being vulnerable. And that's probably how Padme was, and that's probably how she was too. I I just view it as this <coughs> kind of this like ultimate act of defiance, mm-hmm. like what Luke did, and we're we're seeing this pattern of what appeals to him is 
these these yeah. smaller acts of defiance he, that kind of build up. I think you're right in the fact that he needs he needs someone who's an individual. Yeah. He needs an individual and when it comes to it that's what he can get along with. Especially in the Clone Wars. Exactly. Interesting. So uh ultimately this movie the movie was eh um but that's I also I asked this to you um off mic. Yeah. But it felt a little bit like Avatar The Last Airbender is yeah. what, the one thing I would kind of compare it to in that everyone is hyping up this franchise, but when I first watch it, it seems r- kind of juvenile. It okay. seems a little bit simplistic, juvenile. I'm not really sure I'm fully engaged with what it might potentially be, but maybe beyond the movie – what you're trying to tell me is it gets better. Hashtag it's, it gets better. You know, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> me too. I'm with her. Um, you know, I don't know because I really enjoyed 216 and 116. So now I'm thinking, is it going to get better for you? Because I already no, liked no, it. I mean, I, I it'll, enjoyed it'll... 116. Okay. 216 I thought is pretty dismissible as an episode okay so i think you will like it you know i think that um i think i think you'll like it more i think it's gonna be interesting to see next week what your takeaway is looking at this procedurally what people what people can expect in the podcast i think um you know we didn't do any character deep dives here because we just wanted to kind of do a quick overview of the whole thing you know when it came out what was going on where it is in the in the series blah, blah blah um but i think whenever interesting characters pop up like grievous like Ventress, we'll talk about more. Like Dooku, you know, more and more, blah, blah, blah. We will talk more about that. Like Maul, etc. right? Um, let me ask you this. Kind of last question here as we wrap up. Okay. What are you looking forward to this? With this? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that there's going to be a rich explora- exploration of um, character development. Um, I think that the exploration of what it means to be an individual versus a clone would be pretty fascinating, as we were already previously discussing. Do you expect to it's, see anything in the Force? That's new? I mean, do you remember Qui-Gon? Do, <laughs> what about him? Do you remember at the end of season, at the end of episode three, with Yoda talking to Obi Wan, mm. G- gave him a little homework assignment on Tatooine. I I know how people can escape death. They that people living. can escape death. They can keep living. After I think death. you're talking too quietly. <laughs> people can live after death. Uh, the idea of immortality, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I don't know. Not necessarily. I I I guess maybe a little bit more of the mythology of. of Star Wars being explored is interesting to me. It's a little tricky for me to kind of figure out what is going to be new and revelatory aside from character development yeah. and a little bit of the world building mythology. Yeah. If there's room for development outside of what's already been established within the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there is, cool. Okay. But I'm I'm banking on your hearty endorsement as proof that this does lead to 
interesting territory. For me, you know, it's it's interesting. People always want the Force. They want Jedi's, etc. You know, and when you read Cavalier and Clay, I think have you read that? I got the misprint book. Oh yeah, yeah, and it threw I, me I, off. I that one too. Oh, and I was like, eh, I'll have to read this later. And yeah. I never, I never ended up finishing. So when you read the one that's actually printed correctly, you know, at first you're interested in the whole comic book aspect, right? And then after a while, about halfway through, you're interested in what happened in real life, and that's right. when you realize, oh, this is a real story. And that happens here too, I think, for most viewers when you realize it's not about the Jedi; it's about the clones. Right. It's and when you watch any type of TV show about high school or middle school, right? It's not about the students; it's about the teachers. It's about the principal. They're there longer. <laughs> yeah, building. It's about building. It's so never about building. <laughs> when we when we get it's Dustin Diamond, it's about Dustin Diamond. No, when we get into it more, it's going to be interesting to see the clones. It's going to be interesting to see some of the Force and see Ahsoka. You know, the easy thing is to say, I can't wait to see all, uh, how Anakin and Ahsoka do. Right. Right. But the better part and the more revealing part is how the clones uh, interact, everything. So. I'm definitely looking forward to that with you. I think next week maybe we're going to finish season one. Okay. And we'll go through season one, see what you think. And then after that, we're just going to do season two, three, four, five, six. And then we'll hit February 21st if we can in time. And we will be chatting about the new one. Yeah. Um, what would you tell me I am in store for, for? In store for? Is that right? Yeah. With season one. I think we're going to get more. You know, I think season one's interesting because they try to bounce around a little bit to see uh, more of the universe, but then quickly they realize that it's all about Anakin, it's all about Ahsoka, it's all about Obi-Wan. So I think that, you know, the show, they wanted to just do disparate elements, and that's why they do that kind of wartime reports, as you said, Mm -hmm. right? Because they might bounce all over the galaxy and it's hard to keep track. But within a few episodes, they realize... Uh, our bread and butter here is going to be Obi-Wan. It's going to be Ahsoka. It's going to be Anakin. So that's what we're going to do for the most part. Now, you will still see actual episodes that are just droids or they're just younglings or Padawans or Yoda does something with cyber crystals or, you know, spoiler alert, but they do things with the Force. Kyber crystals. I'm, I'm sorry. Kyber crystals. Yeah. Excuse me. Okay. And, so, and so they will do things like that. They'll obviously visit Maul a ton. And, you know, that's a crazy thing with like the Night Sisters, etc. Some That kind of drags on some people. But for the most part, it's going to kind of hone in and focus on the main trio. I want to crowbar in one more point. Yeah. Um, Amidala, Padme, pops up. Nice hair. Um, and it looks just like her. Yeah, nice hair. It's like really well done, really well rendered. Like in regards to the the how everything else is depicted in, in the rest of the show – like when I saw her, I was like, "Wow, that's that's straight up Natalie Portman." You've done <laughs> and it. That one's really do- well done. You McGregor, eh, sure. Hayden Christensen, eh, sure. What about Yoda? But straight up Natalie Portman with with the little mole and everything. Are, are you an angel? It was just, I was very impressed with that one aspect. Great. Hey, um, I look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, this will be a lot of fun, and folks. Uh, you listening, if you guys tuned in for the live show, we appreciate it. I know I didn't give a lot of heads up for people to tune in there, but, uh, thanks for joining us. And if you guys are listening on the podcast, um, I hope you guys are interested in this and want to go along for the journey with us in exploring the clone wars. Like Clay just said, we are probably in our next episode going to go ahead and Wrap up season one, which if you have Disney Plus, you can go ahead and tune in and uh, watch through all of those episodes. You can catch up with us. 
We can watch along together. If you have and any questions, go the, for it. Yeah. And if you guys have questions, you can hit us up. We are also on patreon.com slash hoopods. Mm-hmm. We changed the URL from hoopods watchman to hoopods. So patreon.com slash hoopods. You can go there, make a per episode pledge, give us a buck or two. And I do little weekly check-ins where I will discuss kind of what's on our agenda, what I'm kind of thinking about, musing about throughout this process and project and you guys can give us our, your feedback and we appreciate that um without further ado i'm going to go ahead and leave clay to do yes. our wrap up all right are you an angel are you an angel